Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the weekly Thursday morning edition of the Household Express, a program dedicated to all your homemaking needs. I am Sister Amara, joined by my co-host, Chef Zakia Takari, and we're delighted to be in your company up to 11 a.m. this morning. Assalamu alaikum, Zakia. How are you keeping? Wa alaikum, assalam. Alhamdulillah, Apa, you just very, very hot. It's not so bad. It's okay. It's nice. Nice weather. You get a bit of rain in the afternoon or the early evening, but I'm it's nice, yes. And I hope you're all enjoying this beautiful Thursday morning, the 1st of February, corresponding to the 20th of Rajab and how time flies. And soon we will be in the month of Ramadan, inshallah, ameen. Well, dearest listeners, lots to look forward to in today's program. First up, an interview with Chef Anissa Gafur, and we are going to be talking about um, uh, Chef Anissa Gafur, how she got to be a chef, and ask her a bit of question on food-wise and all those things, yes. And in the cooking segment, what can we look forward to today? So today, we are just having a continuation, so everyone is all about their savouries and their Ramadan preps. If you go, to, if you take to social media, it's like, you know, I feel so left behind because I haven't made one thing. And the lovely, lovely delicacies that been prepared for Ramadan, I'm sure Auntie's freezers are already three-quarter way full. Um, we're going to be speaking about savouries again, and then we're going to be touching on some, some but about uh, chutneys as well, you know. Mm. Uh, because how can you have a samosa without some chutney? Yes, and I think a chutney is a must-have in our home for Ramadan as well. And everybody makes make their own different types, their own favorite types of chutneys for all the family members in the home, yes. And then uh, the interactive question we're asking you today is, how do you stay updated on current food trends? And have you taken a simple savory to another level? And we also welcome all your cooking and baking questions or concerns. Uh, you're welcome uh, to WhatsApp us on 072-786-1548. And the two lovely recipes we have for you today is a chicken filling for pies. That's the first recipe. And the second recipe is a spinach feta and cheese filling for pies or spring rolls as well. And these recipes were shared with me by Marhuma and Kareja Prime when she was co-hosting with me. Well, today our esteemed guest is a qualified chef and has her own culinary business, which is a catering company. She has achieved so much since her passion has become a reality, and today we catch up with her to chat about her journey. And I'd like to welcome Anissa Kafur to the Airways of Radio Islam. Assalamu alaikum, Anissa. How are you? Assalamu alaikum, alhamdulillah, and you? Jazakallah for joining us. Jazakallah for your time, Anissa. Jazakallah for having me over. Amin. Anissa, can you walk us through your culinary background and experience? Um, well, having grown up in a household where food played an integral part of my life, it is no wonder that I carved a career with the same thread. Uh, my granny always entertained her guests with scrumptious meals, especially prepared with the finest ingredients. My grandfather is also the first cousin of Charlie Manja, and he is under his tutelage and learned to cook with fire for mass functions. This year will mark nine years of me in the industry. A passion that is very close to us is the distribution drive we undertake monthly, mm. where we distribute meals to the needy. Another is the harem distribution every Saturday for the first four weeks during Ramadan. Okay, that's, that's lovely, yes. And what great chef, what great cooks as well. So, uh, Anissa, tell us, what inspired you to become a chef? Um, 
Um, well, my inspiration of completing a diploma in this field was fueled by one specific client who told me that cooking is not difficult, whereas her office-based job has so much more pressure. This let my fuse, and I wanted to become a professional with a qualification who now knows the extreme stress and pressure chefs have to endure. My husband is also my biggest inspiration. Alhamdulillah for that, Anissa, yes. And I must uh, say the Solimanzas, that dal is absolutely lovely, very different, different. It's like a typical Durban style of dal and rice, whereas they would say, we Joburgers, we say dal and rice. In Durban, they would say dal and rice. Now, Anissa, describe yeah, the cooking style and the types of cuisine you specialize in. Um, as a chef, we can prepare any type of cuisine. However, I tend to gravitate towards Indian cuisine. With corporate client exposure, I enjoy trying new signature dishes. The most recent one being a Swedish meatball. Okay, repeat that again. And I didn't get that. Okay, no problem. Um, I said, like, um, as a chef, we type, uh, we prepare any type of cuisine. However, I tend to gravitate towards Indian cuisine. Mm -hmm. With corporate client exposure, and I enjoy trying new signature dishes. The most recent one being a Swedish meatball. Okay, okay. So it's a Swedish meatball. Can I say it's like a, it's like a kebab? Uh, it's like a kebab, but it's uh, more like um, it's more like a uh, I would say a creamy based. I'll share the recipe, inshallah, with you, and then you can share it to the listeners. Yes, I'll do that. I will do that, inshallah, next week's program, Anissa. Now, Anissa, I asked the listeners this question, you know, how do you stay updated on current food trends and industry developments? Uh, well, for us and Mashaf, yes, we are continuously looking at the industry trends, both locally and internationally via social media. A great place is, uh, to get the latest blowdown is for my friends that are employed in kitchens around the country. Mm -hmm. Most of my colleagues that I work with, um, they are currently overseas, they are on cruises, etc. Okay, lovely. Mm -hmm. And it's actually quite nice to actually uh, be a chef on a cruise, you know, to uh, uh, cook on a cruise while you're on a cruise. It's, it's a great experience, you know. Have you ever had that experience, Anissa? Uh, no, I haven't had one uh, because of, um, I have, I got a family. Mm -hmm. But like um, a lot of my friends are on it and uh, it has its pros and cons. Okay, okay. And I suppose yeah. it's also time. It depends on how long the cruise is, you know, what type of food yeah, so you need to Yeah, basically um, mm. what they do is like it's always on a six-month contract. Mm -hmm. And uh, okay. the working hours are like very, very long. It's like 17 to 8 hours straight with no uh, off days. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. So I think going on a cruise is more challenging than uh, an air hostess. Um, I would say that, yeah. Although it's different, different yes, yes. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's to just make sure that the food is always on par with everything. Although the difference between a uh, being a chef and a cruise, if you prepare the meals, you know, where a chef, when the air says, you just serve the meals. Yeah, true. Okay. Now, uh, Anissa, can you share a challenging situation you faced in the kitchen and how you handled it? Okay, this one is very close to me. Um, it happened when my immediate family member passed late one night, mm -hmm. and I had a wedding order the following day. Uh, having received the tragic news, I began stressing as to how I was going to prepare the wedding food, attend the maid, and cook for my family. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, I have a great backup team, and like at 3 a.m. on a midwinter's morning, we began our prep. 
Mm-hmm. And by eight o'clock, Alhamdulillah, we managed to pe- uh, pull off what seemed an impossible task, okay. and we delivered on all three tasks. Mm-hmm. And I think most of all, you know, Alhamdulillah is always with us. You know, with our good intentions, Alhamdulillah always makes that easy for us. Yes. Yeah, no, true. But like when you're in that situation, your mind doesn't know which to start with first. Yes, absolutely, yes. And uh, Anissa, what is your approach to menu planning and development? Um, Our customers directly influence our menu planning. Their vital input enables us to make change and adapt to their requirements. My kitchen is my laboratory, and together with my children, we are continuously challenging each other for new or improved cuisine. In the past, we've introduced platter and finger foods, including samosas, pies, wings, rubs, etc., uh, corporate clients have consistently purchased them for their events. Uh, part of our development is that we have recently launched our Ramadan special on our samosa range. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's nice. Okay. And um, Anissa, how do you ensure food quality and consistency in your kitchen? I think that's quite important, you know. Yeah, no, it is true. Um, firstly, our slogan is uh, only sell what you eat in fair portions, and consistency is vital in delivering the same experience always. Uh, with this being our business foundation, I always follow a set standard recipe for each menu. Only items that meet our standards of acceptability are allowed to leave for the client's consumption. Mm-hmm. Anissa, with being in the catering industry, you know, how do you ma- handle the challenges of load shedding? Uh, that is um, that is a bit hectic. Like we try and work around our load sh- um, shedding schedule, mm-hmm. and um, we use gas um, most of the time, and then we always prep ahead of time. And yeah, we just go with our schedule. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then you have probably have backup generators and uh, inverters. Uh, yeah, I do, but I don't really use that. Um, because that also dies off eventually, so most of the time it's gas or fire that okay. we cook on. All right. And then, Anissa, what role does cost control and budgeting play in menu planning and kitchen management? Um, ultimately, all business is in business in making a profit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we believe in a fair profit approach. Uh, the aim of this is to give you the best culinary experience within your budget without sacrificing on our quality or standards. The one way we try and achieve the sourcing our raw ingredients directly from wholesalers and bulk stockers. Um, another innovative way is to employ quality staff that can learn a multiple of tasks mm-hmm. and execute on them with minimal intervention. Yes. Uh, we're currently investigating alternate energy sources for future as our local electricity is totally unreliable. Mm-hmm. Yes, certainly I agree with you that, you know. And, um, you know, another important question I, I would like to ask you is, how do you handle feedback, you know, both positive and negative from your customers? Okay, market research has shown that our South African customers speak very rarely and rather vote either by frequenting places they prefer or avoiding place altogether. Um, therefore, any feedback, either positive or negative, allows us the rare opportunity to interact with our client base and sincerely hear them out. Um, should there be an oversight on our site, uh, we immediately come to an understanding where we both are satisfied with the final outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, the chef would also like to thank all our clients for the continuous support. 
Okay, yes. And then, Anissa, finally, where do you see the future of the culinary industry heading and how do you plan to stay ahead of the curve? Uh, well, since 2020 with COVID and lockdown, the industry as a whole finds itself in uncharted territory. Uh, to further complicate the industry, now we have the world events that are rapidly transforming the norm. Mm-hmm. Uh, take, for instance, the boycott on certain food and beverage leaders, mm-hmm. uh, which have resulting in deceased profits, and in some cases, a total shutdown of certain branches. Mm-hmm. Well, we in South Africa are not immune, um, as we have just recently recovered from the short supply of poultry. Um, The industry is on an upward trajectory at the moment, but there are going to be challenges to come. Some that we have experienced in the past and some new. Uh, Well, to stay relevant, we do what we always do, get up early, strive to give our 100%, no less, and leave the rest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as he is the best of planners and providers. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. Anissa, it'd be lovely chatting to you as well. A lovely um, uh, inspirational interview as well. And Mithla grant you lots and lots of parakai and khair in your business as well. And please send me the recipe. I'll share it out with the listeners next week, inshallah. And Anissa, jazakallah khair once again. And please share with the, us with uh, the listeners your Instagram account details. Okay, well, jazakallah so much uh, to Radio Islam and the host for allowing me this opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I will share all my details with you. Um, the recipe I'll send you via email. Okay. And uh, my Instagram handle is uh, mush underscore Shafiat. Okay. Yeah. And um, my Facebook I do have one, but it's not really active at the moment. Okay. Okay. Uh, you can contact me via WhatsApp. Okay. Jazakallah for the lovely interview, Anissa. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum. Amin wa alaikum well, that was Sister Anissa Gafur, and you can actually contact. I'm just going to go back to our Instagram page and then share with you her Instagram details as well. A lovely interview, Zakia. Very lovely, and what's nice is it's so nice to hear a young chef of today's generation with the ability to cook on wood fire. Yes, lovely. On wood fire, yes. And it's still to keep up with the challenges we face today, also to keep up with the... Uh, um, what you call to keep up with the uh, current food trends as well. Yes. And then she's learned from her her uncle, the Solimandras as well, and keeping up with them and also um, employing people who can basically multitask as well, do a few things at a time. You know, it actually helps you with your uh, um, better planning, your cost control as well, mm-hmm. and budgeting, uh, playing a in menu planning and kitchen management as well. I mean, having a catering business is not easy. It's hard work, not you know. So, I mean, you know, you come from that, uh, being a chef and you're also in a catering industry. So you can probably um, also share your tips with uh, the listeners as well. But nevertheless, we're talking about more on savouries today. Well, let's go for a short break. When we come back, we're talking about savouries and we're talking about chutneys. And the question we're asking you today is, how do you stay updated on current food trends? And have you taken a simple savoury to another level? We also welcome all your cooking and baking questions or concerns. You're welcome to WhatsApp us on 072-786-1548. Stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back. Before the break, we were chatting to Chef Anissa Kafur. You can follow her on her Instagram page that at Miss underscore Chivius S H. Sorry, let's 
start it again. It's Edmus, M-I-S-S underscore C-H-E-F-I-O-U-S. So it's Edmus, M-I-S-S underscore C-H-E-F-I-O-U-S. Miss Chivius, okay? Okay, now we're going to talk more about savory sakia. We've already got questions coming through, so we also welcome all your cooking, baking, savory-making questions or concerns. You're welcome to WhatsApp us on 072-786-1548. How do you stay updated on current food trends? Have you taken a simple savory to another level? We'd love to hear from you. Now, I want to start off with chutneys. They say chutney is a condiment with a confusing identity. The chutneys you might buy in the supermarket are something like relish, something like jam. Now, Indian chutneys can be made with a huge range of ingredients from yogurt to peanuts to red chilies, green chili sauces, spices, vegetables, and herbs like coriander and mint. Sakya, to you for the chutney. So, like you said, Apal, that, um, you know, there's so many variations of chutneys, and chutney is actually a condiment, but when we say chutney, it's not exactly what um, is understood to the normal non-Indian mind, mm-hmm. right? But if you actually go back into some culinary history, right, as well in India, um, if you go back to chutney, chutney is actually a sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't only go as um, your condiments, right? Uh, why it falls as a condiment is we using it as a dipping sauce. So that's why it falls as a condiment. But actually, there are so many variations of chutneys, even in the Indian cuisine, that it is so shocking, right? So what I found very, um, very unique was um, eggplant chutney. You know, where they smoke, uh, it's it's almost like a baba ganoush. Yes. Well, right? That, okay, yes, okay. Then you get coriander chutney, like you said, your fadina chutney, those are your normal ones, right? Then you get cranberry chutney, which also has spices, and it also roots back to Indian heritage, right? To give, some, uh, to give it a bit of that um, sweet, sweet tanginess, that type of a chutney. Then... You know, um, you get also an onion chutney. Yes. And I find that so different because who would think, but if you go back into Indian cuisine and if you're looking at social media currently, you know, so much is going on when it comes to savouries and chutneys, etc. And what I find so different from what we don't do here in South Africa, we normally um, will either mince up our garlic and we'll um, we'll fry it in the oil with our with our sesame seeds and uh, what other whatever other spices need to be, and we'll make like a uh, a vagar, right? Yes. And then we throw it into our our chutney blend. But um, if you go back into culinary Indian cuisine, they actually used to roast their garlic, their chilies, their tomatoes, and then pan dry, dry pan roast their spices. Mm. And then they blitz that all together into a paste, and then they either add oil or water or your sour milk and yogurt, etc. And that's how they make. 
But nevertheless, when it comes to South African chutneys, we have, I think, a baseline for our chutneys, and all our chutney recipes work on a very similar um, concept, you know, where we either add, add in, in tomato sauce or we add in, in another uh, sauce, for example, your mayonnaise, right? I think mayonnaise is also a staple when it comes to our chutneys uh, nowadays because you're making the creamy mayo chutney with the mint and the coriander, the green ones, or you're making your red tomato chutney, right? Um, then another um, staple in our South African chutneys is apricot jam. Mm, mm. Um, apricot jam, uh, what adds a lovely touch to our chutneys is our, um, our mir boss. You soak know? it up in vinegar. Yes. It's more in a cape. Which uh, you don't find in other countries. That's our South African addition to uh, chutney. And that's what takes our chutneys to a different uniqueness, you know. Uh, you find chutneys all over the world to accompany your savouries. Uh, be it the Middle East or be it Asia. Um, there's always a, a dipping sauce. But you don't find mirbos in your dipping sauce, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, that's unique to South Africa. So uh, that's there. Um, basically, your chutneys, um, your chutneys boil down to very simple ingredients of uh, basically your garlic, um, tomato sauce, your apricot gems, your mirbos, um, some salt, some vinegar, sugar, you know, and that also works as your preservatives if you're going into your green chutneys because here in South Africa, we m we mostly revolve around four types of chutneys, right? Which is your uh, red chutney, your green chutney, then you have the mayonnaise, uh, mayonnaise and um, the coriander mayonnaise creamy uh, type of a chutney, and then we have our um, amli chutney. And even you have your date chutney, your date chutney. It's lovely. You soak your dates up in a bit of vinegar and you use a little bit of ganya uh, and mint. Okay. Lovely. So, I... Chili. Okay, so I actually a few years ago made um, treats by Riz. Um, in her normal red chutney, she adds dates. And it also was very nice. So you get red pepper chutney, you get the uh, piccalilli chutney, you get the green mango chutney. They call it a chundo. The peanut chutney. Yes. So, these are all lovely and these also all go back in time, but do we find them so much on our tables today? Do you find peanut chutney? I know um, in my, in, growing up, my mommy made a lot of peanut chutney. It's one of my daddy's favorites. Mm -hmm. But do you find it commonly we now? I find it. Um, my home mother-in-law used to love to make it. And my home husband, Israel, he loved the peanut chutney. Okay. I still have a little bit of that, but I suppose everybody has their favorite, like a red uh, chili, uh, red chutney where they soak the red chilies. Yes. You put in vinegar and you put tomato sauce and you make a work with uh, mustard seeds and sesame seeds and curry leaves. Then you get the curry leaf chutney as well with the pickle leaves, the yes. mayonnaise. The red pepper chutney is also lovely. What's nice is the piccalilli chutney with all the different variations of your green peppers, your jalapenos, your coriander, mm, your dania, I mean your coriander, your mint, uh, your mayonnaise, your piccalilli added to that, you know. 
and um, you just wing that one to the perfect tanginess of your preference. The Amli chutney is also lovely. Like you said, the Meebos chutney is also nice. Yes, so that's basically just a little bit about chutneys on an overall uh, board when it comes to us South Africans. And in the Cape, uh, Malay people actually call it, they actually make a chutney, they call it the Blachang, where they made it with apricot jam. I don't know what else they put in there. Perhaps when you of the sisters in Cape Town is listening, you can WhatsApp us on 072-786-1548. Okay, uh, let's go to our WhatsApp uh, questions. Uh, one of the sisters says that, um, how do we prevent cheese samosas and moons from bursting when frying? Everything I've tried hasn't worked. Okay, so cheese samosas mustn't be defrosted. You take your cold cheese samosas into a hot oil because if you put your if you put a defrosted or a room temperature cheese samosa into medium oil as it's heating up like you would with a with a chicken samosa or another man samosa potato samosa, your cheese will then tend to ooze out and your samosa will tend to burst. Uh, another tip is some some ladies like to add some flour into their cheese mix. Flour, yes, even Mazina. So that helps uh, work as a binding agent uh, in the corners for your samosa not to burst. Also, your samosa could be having um, your corners are not closed completely, so is I mean oil is getting in, causing the explosion to happen. Also, a good idea is to cube your cheese and then your your whole corn. Give it a bit of a blitz. Yes, because the whole corn has moisture also, and then when the, when it exp, uh, when it expands, the explosion happens. Okay. Then you were asking the question: Is have you taken a simple savory to another level? And a sister actually messaged us a lovely recipe. It's called a thread chicken recipe. So she sent us all of recipes. I'm gonna go and take a picture on the tablet and you know get all those. It's got chutney, it's got a thread chicken. The Sakala for sharing that sister. A lot of words as well. Okay, let's go to our next uh, WhatsApp. Let's go to another one. A sister actually sent in a lovely tip, you know. I think it will be very useful for all of us, um, Sakya, and for the listeners out there. Let me just go back onto my WhatsApp. Um, she says, it's tried and tested by herself. If any of your food gets a bit burnt or catches at the bottom of the food, and catches at the bottom, you know, for instance, your food is a bit burnt and does catch at the bottom of the pot, don't add water. Switch pot off, remove from stone, from stove and add a few cubes of ice. Uh, even with rice, don't put water just off your stove and add a few cubes of ice cubes. Really work. I would really like to know the science behind that. Because what we're going to do is, um, you know, if something catches it, but we, what I know, I move the pot away. And I just take out the burnt part, take out everything, empty the whole pot. That's what I normally just do and add it to a new pot. Yes, but she says you can add a few cubes of ice. I'd like to know what that Even does. with rice, please, sister, if you can just share with us it, what else did that actually really does, we'd love to hear from you. Also, another sister is saying about uh, cheese samosas, don't fry many cheese samosas at a time. Only fry four or five at a time. Then the sister says, Salams, I use cream style corn for my cheese samosa and also eat mazina. My samosas don't burst. Lovely tip and also the cheese samosa. So you see if you're eating that um, 
cream style corn. It's also adding that little sweetness to the, the saltiness yeah, of the cheese. Then you can add in you know? a bit of more cream chili. If you have your cheese samosa a bit more strong, it's actually very, very tasty. And then some people even add in a bit of... Uh, Lays. Lays crisp, the Mexican chili or cheese and onion. Yes. I haven't tried yet, but just be careful. Crush it a bit because it's not gonna, it mustn't like poke, make holes in your butt again. And also, yeah. Okay, talking about pur, so okay, what's the difference between spring roll pastry and samosa pur? So basically, the difference between samor, uh, samosa pur and spring roll pastry is the types of flour, and samosa pur consists of basically flour, water, oil, and salt, whereas Proper original spring roll pastry is supposed to consist of rice flour and egg. Um, th that's what helps give it that um, stretchy base, you know. Um, but um, in today's times, they, they're not exactly using egg into the spring roll sheets, um, just making it plain rice flour and uh, egg. It's a combination of rice flour, egg, water and some oil right and then also um you know uh you can use phyllo pastry which is just a thinner version of um your 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 dough sheets but uh phyllo pastry is much more drier so like we were talking before the show that you know they, they they've taken everything and turned it completely upside down so people are making uh, samosas with uh, spring roll sheets, and I didn't know that you can, well, I didn't know people make spring rolls with samosa yes, par, yes. right? Um, why I personally prefer spring roll sheets over samosa par is because um, when it comes to spring roll sheets, your savory stays crunchy and crispy even after it is cooled down. So you can use spring, a spring roll pastry to, for, to make a samosa? Yes, you can. If you buy the big spring roll sheets, you can cut them into the strips and you get some lovely, lovely samosas, right? But uh, nevertheless, even if you, 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 so also look, per depends on the person that you buy it from, the type of per that you like. Other people like thin per, the thinner the per, the crispier the samosa right but once the samosa gets cold samosas tend to become wrinkled and soggy and soft and stuff but if you use it uh spring roll pastry uh your samosa can actually hold for a whole day uh stay crunchy and crispy okay uh we were talking with our other colleagues sister aisha and nina and Tukia and faiza all of them uh, we're talking about the poloni puri, and in yes. that's what we're going to talk about next week. It's actually made with a moon dough. You cut it out into a shape, you put your chutney, you put your poloni, you put your cheese, and you put the other dough on top. You see, it's very, it comes out very, very nice. Well, I can only assume it's nice because, I mean, it has the whole takeaway vibe. Yes, definitely. You know, so especially in Ramadan when you're fasting and you're not getting, you know, I suppose because... It's it's not the the fact that we fasted. It's just the fact that our mind 
knows, okay, we haven't eaten and we cannot eat. So the mind plays games with our bodies to give us those cravings of takeaways, sweet, sugar, You're gonna have that dessert. For, supper, for iftar today. Exactly. But let iftar come and you can't oh. have even five of the things you said you have in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's only because the mind plays games with us. So... I think next week we can talk about all the different new uh, innovations when it comes to savouries. Because, yes. like I said l- the last week as well, you know, um, there's another whole... Um, so, like we're talking of the paro- uh, the poloni... What did we call it? The poloni puri, puri, right? So, I've seen... Uh, we, had a, we had a guest about two years ago. Um, I think two years ago, over a year ago, Sister Asma Patan. Yes, yes, right. Yes. And I was looking at her um, her savory preparations, wow. right? And you know um, the the innovation, right? From like basic kebab, one kebab was made in three different variations, mm-hmm. right? The same dough. Number one, number two is she's taken pilo pastry, right? So you know um, Turkish baklava. Yes. Right? So you have the Turkish baklava and you have, so it's where it's, uh, your nuts are all rolled into the phyllo pastry or you have the savory where they put the munts in, right? Um, and then they roll it up and then they, they crunch the sausage together mm-hmm. and they roll the sausage into a, into a worm. She's made a savory of that innovation. Did you see somebody made a spring roll, but they didn't cut the spring roll pastry. They took the large piece of spring roll the biggest sheet of spring roll, they put the filling in, she rolled it up, and then she rolled it into a swirl, into like a snail. So that's something that's similar something, to what tried, Asma, yes. Asma does as well. And she does but she bakes hers. She bakes, she bakes hers. Okay, guys. So let's go to our next question. Assalamu alaikum. Can ready for fellow, sorry, can ready for phyllo pastry be frozen and just baked? Maaf, come again, Appa. Okay, let's go back to that one. Can ready-filled phyllo pastry be frozen and just baked? Yes, it, it can. It so frozen. Remember, we freeze things to, to prolong the shelf life of uh, our, our products. So phyllo pastry has to stay frozen because if you don't freeze it and you keep it in your fridge, it will become very dried and brittle. So when it's uh, frozen, it's like just you. It's like you're making something dead, and then when you're taking it out, you're letting it be um, revived again, and then you're going to fill your your filling in it. So basically, filling phyllo pastry, even your baklavas, you can take your baklava, you can um, you can. Uh, it's it's like making baklavas. You can freeze the baklava av- after it's done and keep it in the freezer, and then when you take it out, you just throw it and eat it. You know. Okay. Okay, there's another one that says uh, you can use spring roll sheets to make farmas as well instead of per sheets. Yes, yes, yes. I know Marhuma, Auntie Krecha, Ephraim, Takrat, her, and Auntie Hava, and all the Marhumimin, the highest stage of dental for the dose, I mean. Yes, she actually gave us a recipe of the uh, farmas to make with the spring roll pastry. And I make that normally also. And you can even make mutabak with the spring roll pastry. What is mutabak? Okay, I'm surprised. You don't know what's mutabak. <laughs> okay, it's a it's a a Middle Eastern 
Uh, dish is like a savory. Okay. What you do is you take a spring roll sheet, mm -hmm. but you need to have a mixture of your samosa mints. Mm -hmm. In the samosa mints, you make like a kachumar, mm -hmm. and you add egg into that mints. Okay. Okay. Then you take your sheet of your samosa par. You think you take like about two sheets of, uh, not samosa par, sorry, two sheets of spring roll pastry. Okay. The bigger sheet. So you put the one sheet down, and the second sheet you cut it into four. Okay. Right. Then, the, thing, the, the, the whole sheet of the spring roll pastry, the one that's a whole sheet, not cut into four, you put that, mm -hmm. and you take uh, the sheet of the spring roll pastry that you actually cut into four, you take that and you put it in the middle. Then you put your filling of your samosa par, I mean your samosa mince, your kachumar, and your egg. You mix all that into a mm -hmm. mixture. You put a little bit of that, then you fold it up into a into a, an, like a square. Okay. But around the edges, you're going to put egg and you're going to put your, your lay. Your milk and flour mixture. And you grill that on a tower. But that you must only have it fresh. It's very, very tasty. Different. Mutabak. Okay. We'll try it, inshallah. Okay. Another sister is sent in a recipe of the taco wrap samosa. Taco wrap samosa. Taco wrap It's amazing how they've taken a taco and taken it to whole different levels here, right? Because from the taco, it went to the... 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 the the roti type taco, then the burger type taco, now it's a samosa. So you're going to go to different levels, we're going to different levels as well. But Alhamdulillah, Matala grant us the opportunity to enjoy that and to make intention for our family and to make intention for sharing with the poor out there as well. True, and let these meals be beneficial for us. I mean, I mean. Okay, you know, it's amazing how time goes in the first. I think they need to allow us a two-hour <laughs> session for our cooking session. Especially now with Ramadan coming, yes, maybe. Okay. People like food. Okay, let's go to our first recipe. It's a chicken filling for pies. I'm going to share with you in the next recipe. So, Kia will, will be doing it. It's a spinach, feta, and cheese filling for pies. So, Kia will be doing that. And I will be sharing with you the chicken filling for pies. So, this recipe was shared by Marhuma and Chai Prime while co-hosting the Household Express program with me. Please remember her and all the Marhumin in your du'as. So, make fagar with ghee only. Now, no amounts are given on this recipe. You need to use your own judgment as well, more or less. You marinate your chicken, fill it with green masala, salt, chicken spice, salt, and mustard powder. Then cook chicken with all these ingredients. Then add about two tablespoons of sago, which you soak in water for a while. Lastly, add green chutney, mustard sauce, and lemon juice. Cut greens and fill pies. A simple, easy recipe. Okay, so here the next recipe. I like how Auntie Katija never had, like, you know, some, like, it wasn't complex. No, very simple, easy. And ingredients you always have at home. Yes. Okay, so the uh, second recipe is also a recipe of uh, Marhum Auntie Katija Ibrahim. And it is a spinach, feta, and cheese filling for your pies. Um, it cons what I like also of Auntie Katija's recipes is it's not completely vegetarian. And it's not only meat-filled, you know. Like, um, it's a spinach, feta, and cheese filling, but it contains chicken. So half a, a half a kg of chicken fillet, that's half a kg of chicken fillet. One tablespoon green masala, that's one tablespoon green masala. One teaspoon of chicken spice, one teaspoon of chicken spice, salt and pepper, that salt and pepper, 
two tablespoons of lemon juice. That's two tablespoons of lemon juice and two teaspoons of garlic flakes. Cook everything together and then add about a tablespoon of sago and cook for about five more minutes. In another pot, cook spinach with salt and pepper, one onion and butter. Let all the water burn out. Add the chicken mixture to the spinach mixture. Once it is completely cooled, add in um, cold crumble feta cheese and a little bit of white cheese. Fill your pies as desired. This can be used for samosas, even spring rolls. That's lovely. Lovely. Okay, let's go to our messages. We don't have much time before we wrap up today's program. Jazakallah for an awesome program always. I mean, I use a spring roll paste of my farmas also. I'm going for Ramadan, Umrah, Inshallah. Can I fry savories and freeze them and take one? So, unfortunately, you cannot fry savories and then freeze mm -hmm. them. It's going to be a disaster. My advice to you would be um, either get a small... Um, when you're there, you get the small little uh, fryers yes. at Bindawood or buy a single stove with a, a frying pan and some oil and freshly fry your savouries. That's all you have to do. That's all, yes. You know? Um, and if you don't have an oven and you really want uh, pies, then, um, you know, uh, you can take your, you can take a pot, you can put the cooling rack in the pot, right? And then on top of the cooling rack, you put a piece of foil, and then you put your, your pies and you put the lid on the pot, and you let, let it cook in the pot. It will bake. Take a small air fryer one. Yes. <laughs> Okay, another one says, what does sago do to the filling? It is the taste or makes it moist? Moist. moist. We're going to talk about it next week, you know. Uh, Radio Islam, please compile a recipe book with all anti-creator's uh, recipes as is Sawab for her. Inshallah, soon we leave that to her beloved daughters, Fatima and Miriam, and her family as well. And this one says, also, I fried my chicken squares and freeze and took for Umrah. Last Ramadan was perfect. Okay, last one. Always bake pies and freeze and take for Umrah. Perfect. Fry and bake and freeze. Mm. We always bake pies and freeze and take for Umrah. Okay. What would I have tried it? It works. If you bake it, you freeze it. You just do heat it up. Yes, but the samosas, wouldn't that be like... Samosas, I wouldn't suggest. Pringles, I wouldn't suggest for that, doing that. Pies, yes, it can be done. It can be done. Yes. Okay. Well, we've come to the end of a lovely informative program. Jazakallah to our guest, Anissa Kafur. Jazakallah to our producer, Mumtaz, for always getting all the lovely guests. care to our engineers, yeah. Do remember us and all our brothers and sisters in Kassa and all the Marhumin in your duas. If Allah Ta'ala wills, you'll be back with a lovely guest next week and a lovely topic, yes, yeah. For me, Amara and Zakia. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.